It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell, and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. This evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, September the 18th, 2022, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell, and we are back live from beautiful Austin, Texas, and we have another great program in store for you today. Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us to make the show run smoothly as usual, of course. And in a little while after the break, we'll be joined by certified relationship coach and nationally recognized expert in the field of attraction and conscious relationships and the host of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast, Roy Biancalana. And Roy joins us to discuss how to attract healthy relationships and his latest book, Relationship Boot Camp, Hardcore Training for Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy. And then later in the program, Ruben, one of the twins in the Bay of Benditas, Mexico, who joins us every couple of weeks to tell us about some Mexico destination. Um, he'll be back to join us talk about his and his twin sister's recent trip to Germany. So we heard from Minerva last week, and this week it's Ruben's turn. And along the way, I'll continue with the next part of my series about living a passionate life no matter our age. And this time, I'll give some tips to stimulate your creativity and build some enthusiasm and inspiration. After this show, you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with any website links that we talk about on the program. And you can hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to blog talk radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And you can also hear it on Apple Podcasts. And for information from previous programs, go to my website. You can also hear all of my previous programs for the last, uh, I don't know, eight years um, by going to my website, drmaricarpell.com, by going to blogtalkradio.com slash your golden years, and all of those episodes are also on Apple Podcasts. For upcoming episodes, upcoming shows, and events, follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by a mighty good time dot com. <laughs> Wondering what to do after you're 50? How about having a mighty good time? It's free to search, free to post, and much more. Whether it's in person or virtual, anything can be found to fill your day connecting with others. So be more active and start 
connecting with other people. Go to amightygoodtime.com. That's amightygoodtime.com. So we're going to take a brief break. Um, Don't go anywhere because it'll be very brief. And when we come back, intimacy and relationship coach Roy Biancalana will be joining us to talk about attracting lasting love. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpell.com. And now joining us on the phone, we have Roy Biancalana um, here to talk about attracting relationships, attracting lasting love. At latest book, Relationship Boot Camp, Hardcore Training for Life and the of intimacy. Welcome, Roy. Hey, it's wonderful to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. I just want to mention um, just one thing for you and for our listeners, that there is a slight delay, maybe a half a second when we speak like this, and so it's good to have that in mind um, so listeners understand when there's a long pause and we don't trip over each other. <laughs> so that's Second of all, I want to know, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Yeah, you did pretty good. Pretty good, Bianca okay. Lana. Once you, once okay, you say it once, great. it sort of rolls off your tongue. Okay, good. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Um, yes. So maybe you can give our listeners a little bit about your background, who you are. Yeah, yeah, you know. I'm a relationship coach who never set out to be a, a coach. You know, it was never a dream of mine. It was never a, a lifelong intention. Becoming a coach is something that sort of came up behind me and grabbed me. And that's just because of the journey that I have had in relationships. I I sometimes joke with uh, with anyone that I talk about this topic with that uh, if you do the opposite of everything that I've done, your love life will be just fine because I've made about every possible mistake you can make. So, you know, I was married for 19 years and that relationship really devolved into a functioning parenting, uh, brotherly, sisterly type of relationship. Um, And that didn't work for either one of us. And I initiated a divorce. And of course, my first mistake was not to do any work on myself, any real reflection, I just pretty much blamed my ex-wife for 
the problems in our relationship. And I rebounded immediately into another relationship, which was, you know, typically just the opposite. It was, you know, all sexual, all chemistry. We were together for two and a half years. We were engaged to be married. And six months before the wedding, she broke up with me. And that one sent me, you know, that one nearly killed me. That that one crushed me. Um, I mm-hmm. had what I consider to be like a one-year-long midlife crisis. I mean, I couldn't sleep. I had heart palpitations. I had obsessive thinking. I became a lousy father. My career suffered. I was just a mess. So then came mistake number two. I didn't stop at that moment and look Uh at myself and look in the mirror and do any work. I just dealt with the pain, you know, at the time, the only way I knew how, which was to join a bunch of online dating sites. And I wanted to find another woman to help me forget about the last one. And I thought I was emotionally available, but I really wasn't looking back. I was simply using new women to help me get over my pain or forget about my pain for a moment. And so you can imagine the amount of drama that I created by appearing to be available to people, but in actuality, I was not ready for anything new. And so I had all this Mm -hmm. divorce and being dumped and all this drama in my life. And at that point, a friend of mine said, Roy, maybe you should talk to someone. <laughs> maybe, uh-huh. maybe you should, you know, talk to a coach or someone about. And it kind of made me laugh at the time because at that time, I was so convinced that the reason my love life was not the way I wanted it to be was because I just hadn't met the right person yet. Okay. And mm-hmm. that. Most people are going to say that. When you ask them, why are you single? I haven't met the right person yet. And that's what I said. Um, And so the idea of getting help was like, for what? You know, unless you can help me find the right person, which nobody can, because there is no such thing, by the way. But that's another story for another day. Um, But I was in so much pain, Dr. Mara, that, that I decided to do it because I just didn't know what else to do. And so I, I, I worked with a coach, and the first thing my coach told me is, Roy, I don't want to hear about the women. Don't tell me about their problems and what they did to you. I want to know if you want to put a mirror up in front of your face and look at yourself. Do you mm-hmm. want to take responsibility for what's happened and do some introspection, do some work on yourself, do some self-reflection? And I think I was willing because I was just at the end of my rope And the funny part of it is, is it turned out that, you know, because what I, what I really hadn't noticed up until then was that I was the common denominator in all of the different relationship pictures in my life. Uh (laughs) Right. And so I was pointing the finger of blame, 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 but I'm in every one of those pictures. And so, yeah, so my coach was like, Roy, do you want to look at the possibility that you are attracting these women and the dynamics and doing something that you don't know to set the whole thing up over and over again. And so mm-hmm. I, I pretty much was. And lo and behold, I, <laughs> I discovered that it was me, <laughs> that, uh-huh. I, that I did have, yeah, I did have blind spots and that I did have, you know, my childhood conditioning was showing up in my life. And I, 
I did have what I call relationship personas and limiting beliefs that all these things were responsible for the nightmare that my love life had been. And so once I was able to, to, to identify those things, then I could work on them. And very quickly, I was able to meet and, and fall in love with and date an amazing woman. I've been married now for almost 15 years. Okay. And so right. I became a coach because I simply wanted to do for other people what my coach did for me. It's like, I want to know if there's people listening that want to stop blaming their exes and put a mirror up in front of their face and look at themselves and see what they have been doing to create the relationship difficulties and problems that they have been facing. Because the things that my coach did with me, I mean, I didn't get lucky, Dr. Mara. I, 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 it wasn't like the gods smiled on me. I asked certain questions, I worked on certain things, and that changed the trajectory of my love life. And it's transferable. Mm -hmm. So I just tell people, if you do the same things I did, you can have the same results I got because it wasn't special to me. And so that's why I'm a coach. Like I'm like one beggar telling other beggars where to find them. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it sounds like you're saying that the things that you found that you were doing, the patterns that you have were actually changeable, not that there was something wrong with you, but there are things Correct. that you were able to change. Yeah. Well, there were things I didn't see. They were things that I mm -hmm. wasn't aware of that were running my life. That was like the Wizard of Oz was behind the curtain of my awareness, you know, pulling the levers and turning the knobs. And, and, and the things that I wasn't aware of were the things responsible for attracting the dynamics and the problems and the patterns that I was in. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of them was that some of my childhood conditioning was playing itself out in my life. And I found this to be almost universal for people, that we come out of our childhoods having learned to be a certain kind of little boy or little girl in order to get attention, love, or feel safe. At a very early age, we sort of figure out, who do I need to be in this family in order to survive or to feel safe or to get love or appreciation or attention? And that's what I call a relationship persona. And because mm -hmm. I know we don't have an hour and a half to converse here. I'll cut to the chase. Right. I learned that to be close to my mother, that I had to make my life be about taking care of hers. In other words, I had to become what I call good boy Roy. I had to be a good boy. Like, Mommy, what do you need? And, and, and if I fulfill your agenda and do what you want me to do and sort of ignore what I might want, if I make my life be about fulfilling your agenda, then I felt warmth and attention and connection with my mother. Okay? So now you've, I learned that that's a pattern. I, I wasn't conscious of it when I was four and five years old. But later on, now I'm you know, back in the day, 40, 45 years old, and I find that I'm operating with the belief that the way you get the attention and affection of a beautiful woman is if you make your life be about taking care of hers. So I had a pattern in my life in relationships showing up as someone I called Roy the Rescuer, good boy mm -hmm. Roy, Roy the world's greatest boyfriend. 
he will devote all of his time and energy to taking care of you. And so I would meet women, and within the first couple of weeks, I would be raising their children and making their, their lunches and taking them to school and washing their sheets and doing their laundry and vacuuming the house and doing the shopping, and I, wow. along with my own full-time <laughs> job, right? I would do all of this these things because I felt like I just needed to make my life be about taking care of hers, and then, and then she would love me, okay? Now, I was doing all those things from fear. They, they, they weren't things I wanted to do. They were things that I, I, need, I need to be this way. I need to do this in order to get a woman to be interested in me. So when I was functioning as this good boy Roy, this Roy the rescuer, I kept attracting women who were damsels in distress, women mm. who had high-powered careers, working 70, 80 hours a week, making big money, but they were single mothers, and they couldn't handle it all. They were just overwhelmed with life. And so in, you know, in comes Superman. In comes Super Roy. I'm to the rescue. I will take care of it. And so when I started working with my coach, the complaint that I had was, why do I keep attracting these women you know, where I have to do everything? And where they're, they're, you know, they're like damsels in distress, like they're overwhelmed and they need rescuing. Why do I keep attracting this dynamic? <laughs> and so I was blaming the women, and my coach helped me see that I was attracting that kind of woman because I was moving with a rescuing energy. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm a rescuer, I, I, the only kind of people who would be interested in me were, would be people who need to be rescued. Right? right? So this was my pattern. I got into what I call relationship groundhog day. I would go from woman to woman to woman because being a rescuer, I kept attracting damsel after damsel after damsel and getting in the same patterns and the same problems and the same pain over and over again. And most people listening to this right now can point to a pattern that they are in. Like they seem to attract the same kind of guy. I always attract narcissists. Or I always attract people who are emotionally unavailable or something like that. So whatever pattern you are in, it's not like you just, you know, have a knack for picking them. It's that you're moving with a certain kind of energy that requires that kind of person to show up in your life. And so mm-hmm. doing that kind of work with people, helping them find out how they are attracting the narcissist, how they are attracting the emotionally unavailable or how they are attracting the wounded soldier, you know, the man that needs to be put back together again and patched up because he's hurting and he's, right? Unless you discover what's happening inside of you, you will always attract that kind of partner. So people, they normally make the mistake and say, okay, where do I find the good men, let's say, the Uh men who are not narcissistic, right? And I'm like, well, as long as you are moving with an energy that's attractive to a narcissist, you're asking the wrong question. It's not about finding a man who's not a narcissist. It's about not being the kind of woman that he needs, which is the overly selfish, I don't matter, I'm not worthy, I'll make my life be about sort of you because you're the priority, right? So – the switch has to be from how do I find the right partner to what am I doing to attract the wrong partners? And once you identify that, then you can change the entire game. 
you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's what I do as a coach. Or mm-hmm. one of the things, that's, anyway. that's great. I mean, that's really powerful. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was reading your book and I, um, the relationship boot camp and mm-hmm. I came across a few, I thought it was really, a really good advice. And I came across a mm-hmm. couple of things that, that spoke to me um, because I talk a lot on this program about acceptance and, you know, in Buddhist psychology, they call it radical acceptance. Uh-huh. Um, and people tend to mistake acceptance for um, saying, well, this is just how it is and I'll just have to deal with it when it's really yeah. just looking at what is and, and that you can't make right. a change until what is. And you talk about that in terms of relationships. Right. Um, right. Can you, right. Can Except, you speak yeah, about that? It. Sure, sure. Acceptance does not mean resignation. It does not mean you're giving up and settling for something in yourself or in a relationship, nor does it mean complacency, right? People think that if I accept something, I'm not going to do anything about it. No. Acceptance is simply surrounding the issue with loving kindness. It's simply saying that, okay, if I've got this relationship persona of Roy the Rescuer, and I'm maintaining that everybody hearing my voice has got a persona. You just don't know it, but it's responsible for all the patterns that you have. Once you begin to see this, the way to begin to shift out of whatever persona that you're in that's attracting a reciprocal persona that plays with you like a damsel does with a rescuer is to accept this within yourself, to to allow it, to apply appreciate it, to understand it, to give yourself a big hug. Like for me, like given my relationship with my mother, it's like, oh, Roy, of course, of course you would develop this mindset. It makes sense. There's nothing wrong with you. It, it's okay. It, it, it makes perfect sense based upon your childhood. And when you're able to accept something that is true and not fight it, and blame yourself or blame your parents or blame anybody else. When you're able to just accept that, okay, this is, this is my reality. This is what's true. That acceptance gives you the power to really look at it and work on it. But see, if I hate something in myself, if I, ooh, I just hate being Roy the Rescuer, then, then I, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to play mm-hmm. with it. I don't want to become curious about it. I just want to get away from it. I want to ignore it. I want to brush it under the rug. And when you do that with this kind of stuff, it doesn't go away. It, in fact, gets stronger and dominates your life more. So acceptance just gives you the ability to playfully work with something and, and to learn from it. You know, my, my whole life has changed because I was able to accept being a rescuer I understood it. I sort of loved it about myself. My, my heart was in the right place. I just, I just wanted a woman to love me. I just wanted mommy mm-hmm. to love me. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's good for you, Roy. It worked when you were five. It doesn't work when you're 45, right? Right. Um, uh-huh. right? But the acceptance just gives you, a, gives you a chance to look at it and, and lovingly process it and, be, and begin to transcend that pattern in your life. Does, does that make sense? Right. Yeah, I mean, we can't change things if we don't actually look at them. 
<laughs> right? If we right. don't accept that they exist. And that's right. really important. And you're yeah. right, being loving about it is important because if it seems like, oh, my God, this is horrible, then then we're not going to want to really look at it. Of course. Right? right. They're going to run away from mm-hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I like that, you know, we all have patterns, so it's really good to keep that in mind. It doesn't mean that, yeah. that there's something specific about you that's wrong with you. We all have a pattern. And Correct. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, we, I, I just always tell people we all need to grow. It's not about mm-hmm. something's wrong with you or you're, you're – you're defective or you're deficient. No, we just need to grow, to evolve, to learn, to wake up. Um, And when we love the waking up growing process, that's when wonderful things start to happen because we are human and, you know, we're all colored by the way we've been raised and our experiences and different things. And, you know, we're all, I mean, we're all neurotic to one degree or another, right? I mean, so Mm -hmm. it's just like admit that we, yeah, we're kind of neurotic nut jobs that need to wake up and grow and smile at the whole thing, you know, and relax. And and wonderful things happen when you approach it that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I was thinking about the, the whole idea of, of happily ever after. When we do meet, let's say you do attract a partner who, you know, you've made these changes and you attract a, a loving, intimate relationship – is is it you know happily ever after from there like the fairy tales tell yeah. us? Yeah, um, I think I can say with absolute confidence that there there is no way to experience happily ever after if you don't start from happily before after. <laughs> like uh-huh. in other words, if you if you aren't happy now. And you are thinking that if I find the right person, then I'm going to be happily ever after. What you're creating then is what you're saying then is I can't find happy or experience happiness without the other person being mm-hmm. a certain kind of way. So you are creating codependence. It's the, it's the you complete me mindset. Right, the Jerry Maguire movie, which I love right. the movie. It's really sweet. It's actually got quite a few conscious parts of it. But that line has probably, well, it didn't cause anything. It, everybody loved that line so much. It just showed us how we have got a completely mixed up view of what, what we are as humans and what the purpose of a relationship is. See, most of us think, well, here, here's the reality. Most of us have a feeling on the inside that we could in general describe as a not okay feeling. Maybe it's mm-hmm. insecurity. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe you feel not good enough or unworthy. I, there's a thousand different words. But in general, we could say, eh, you know, I don't feel okay on the inside. There's a sense of restlessness or emptiness or something's missing. Okay? And so – in our culture, the mind says, well, the best way to fix that not okay feeling is to find the right partner. If I find the right partner, they're going to heal my – they're going to fill that void or they're going to finish 
that problem or fix the problem or finish that story or help me find an identity, right? If I find the right person, they're going to fix that not okay feeling, right? Now, it just doesn't take very long to find out that that might sound good, but it doesn't work that way, right? It just, it doesn't work that way. Maybe for a short period of time when you meet someone, you feel like the loneliness is gone, the insecurity is gone, that feeling of not being good enough or being undesirable is gone. But after a few months or something or your partner doesn't text you back right away or, or uh-huh. you catch them looking at someone else across the room over there, all of a sudden the insecurity is there, the loneliness can come back, the empty feeling can be there, right? So the big lie is that if we find the right person, they are going to make us, they're going to fix something on the inside of us. And it just doesn't mm-hmm. work. In my, in my book, mm-hmm. I say, it's like trying to paint a house with a hammer, right? I mean, it, it's not wrong. It's, you're just going to be really frustrated and really disappointed if you try to do that. Right. So what I tell people is life partners make lousy life sources because that's what we do. We don't see this as another human being, another person. We see them as a source of our aliveness, a source of fixing me. Like we, 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 we almost think this relationship is going to do for us what God is supposed to do or the universe, whatever you want to call it. We think this relationship is going to be our savior in some way. It's going to fix something. Mm-hmm. And end the st- I'm the abandoned one, and if you love me, I'll never feel abandoned again. Well, good luck. After about four months, you let me know how that's going. Okay? Right. Because that person you're with is just a human. Their, their feelings change. Uh, you know, I mean, relationships are always impermanent. They come and they go. People die. There's nothing, there's no, there is no such thing as a permanent relationship. Okay? So we have this, you know, Hollywood version of what relationships can do, and they don't do that. Another person was never put on the earth to fill your void or to fix your problem. That's a you job. And so until, until you deal with that not okay feeling, you're never going to be in a healthy relationship because you'll always be demanding that that person love you in a way to meet your emotional needs. So right mm-hmm. there, I can be very provocative and say, most people think purpose of a relationship is to meet each other's emotional needs. And I'm just here to tell you, I'm not going to argue with about that. I'm just going to say, well, tell me how that works. It doesn't right. work, right? <laughs> right. So y- your role is not, to f- is not to meet my emotional needs. That's my job, right? If, if you eat a sandwich, I don't feel full, right? There's, there's nothing you can do to fix something on the inside of me, no matter how much you would try to love me. But yet we think that, and that is responsible for all the drama because your partner is going to fail to do that. And then you're going to think, well, you know what it is? I, just, I must have the wrong partner because surely mm-hmm. the right partner is going to fix this. And then when they don't, you just think you got the wrong partner. And then you go to another partner and another partner, and you end up in Groundhog Day, right? right. Relationship Groundhog Day over and over again. So we have to learn what does it mean to be whole and complete within myself? Like I'm already happily ever after. Now I meet you and both of us who are already happy 
can share our lives with each other. Mm-hmm. But most of us don't do that. We come to the relationship sort of unhealth, unhealthy or not happy or something's missing, something's lacking, some sort of internal problem that we have, and we think that the relationship is going to heal that. And it just, I wish it would, but it, it just doesn't do it. And right. so that's kind of the work I do with my clients about helping them figure out what is what can you expect from a relationship and what is yours to do? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's really important because, you know, the, it seems that more and more people just dispose of relationships rather than working on what is the, what's the problem here. Um, they right. just assume this is the wrong person for me. Right, right. Um, and, 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 and I'm not, give me a second just to describe what I think is the biggest problem we make in our love lives. Okay. And I'll, I'll, say, I'll say it with this with a metaphor. Imagine if you want to compete in a triathlon. You want to do really well in a triathlon. And then imagine further that I'm a retired triathlete champion. I've won the Ironman, and now I coach other people how to do it, which none of that is true. But just imagine this. And so you want me to help you be successful in this triathlon. And so we sit down and talk, and you ask me questions like about the day of the race. Like, Roy, how do I survive in the water in the beginning? Because it's a frenzy, and, you know, you're out there all day. So what do I eat? How much do I eat? How much water do I drink? Right? You're asking me questions about race day, about strategy, right? And as a, a former champion, I understand those are important questions, but that's not what you should be asking me about. You, you're, you're missing it. You should mm-hmm. be asking me, Roy, how do I get in shape for this? <laughs> right? Because you right. can have the best strategy in the world, but if you're 50 pounds overweight on that starting line, you ain't going anywhere. Right? So uh-huh. that's what it's like in our love lives. People come to coaches to myself, other dating coaches, relationship coaches, and they want to talk about race day. Like, where do I go to meet someone and how do I approach them or how do I get them to approach me or how do I flirt? What do I say? Which online dating sites should I use? What should I put in my profile? What about my pictures? And I'm like, okay, those are important questions, but that's not what you should be asking me about. You should be asking me about how do I get in shape? So that when I met, I meet this person, I'm ready to go the distance. Mm-hmm. So all of my work, doctor, is about helping people get in relationship shape, to do the work on themselves so that when the universe puts somebody in front of you, whether it's through online dating or the normal course of life, when you're standing right in front of that person, that's your starting line. Are you ready for something real? And most of us have to admit that, no, I'm not. And we know that because we have this history of failed relationships. And it's not because you haven't met the right person. It's because you're not the right person yet. But if you get your Mm -hmm. butt in shape, (laughs) you get in relationship shape, you can turn all of that around. So that's why I sometimes call myself a relationship trainer. I'm helping people identify the major issues in their lives that they, the major muscles I say in my book, the major relationship muscles that need to be strong if you want to be able to go the distance and create a healthy, sustainable, intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. So if there are listeners 
who are interested in your coaching, um, yeah. how can they find out about that? How can they find out about your books? And I know that you have a free gift. Can you tell yeah. us about that? Yeah. Yep. Well, the easiest way is my website. Hopefully it's very easy to remember. It's coachingwithroy.com. Okay. So everything is there. My books are there, links to Amazon, or you can go straight to Amazon. My books are there, all three of them. Um, but but the, the most fun thing that you're going to find on my site, or maybe I, I think the most important thing, is since I'm describing this in terms of getting yourself in relationship shape, like if a person went to a gym and hired a, a, a personal trainer to help them get in physical shape, the first thing the trainer would do is run them through a bunch of assessments. Right? They would want to see, okay, what am I working with here? And once I know what your current fitness level is, then I can put a program together to get you to your goals. Okay? So I do that with my clients or with anybody, frankly. I know, what, I know what your goal is. You want this healthy, beautiful, sexual, playful, connected, intimate relationship. Well, what is your current fitness level? What is your current relationship fitness level? So on my website, I have something called the Relationship Fitness Self-Assessment Test. So it's a 30-question true-false test. It takes about three, four minutes to take. It is incredibly accurate, but absolutely confidential. So you will get an email back immediately showing you what your results are. It puts you in a, a fitness category, you could say, okay, just to keep it in a fitness metaphor. But okay. I don't see your results. Nobody sees your results other than you. But it gives uh -huh. you a picture of what, at least in terms of how I've written it, you know, it's not like it's the gospel truth and that, you know, I've got the, uh, the wisdom of God on everything. So it's my test, right? But it's going to give you a picture of what your current fitness level is. And once we know that, well, then you could call me up and say, Roy, could you put a program together for me to get me in better shape because my fitness test results show that I'm quite human and I need to get in better shape. I'm like, yeah, I'll put a program together to get you in relationship shape so you can put an end to the divorce and getting dumped and all the disappointing relationships that people have been in. So I just encourage people, Great. go to my website, coachingwithroy.com, take the test. I encourage people not to get offended if you get results back that say, you know, you're not in great shape. I mean, I took my own okay. test from the mentality that I had years ago, and, of course, I scored in the worst category. It was called dangerously okay. out of shape, okay? Okay. And, which makes sense. My love life was a mess. If I scored decently, then the test is garbage, right? So go find out what your fitness level is, and okay. then perhaps you want to talk to me about, about doing some work on that stuff, and that's what I'm here for. Okay, great. I'm going to post that um, link on my website so people can later mm -hmm. on this evening, it'll be there. If they didn't have their pen and paper ready, they could just go there and click right. on it and go right to your website. Right. Thank right. you so much for being on this program. Uh, maybe you can come back sometime and talk a little bit more in depth about some of the points that you make in your book and, and some of the tips. Yeah. 
Yeah, hopefully it uh yeah, there's seven relationship muscles that need to be fit and uh yeah, we don't have right. time for that now, but I'd I'd love to come right. back. So yeah, thank you for okay. having me and uh, okay. uh, appreciate great. it very much. Have a great day. All right, you too. Thank you. Have a good evening. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. We're gonna take a quick break. Um, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. All right. Okay, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaricarpel.com. And, um, yeah, we're going to continue the conversation of passion that um, I've been talking about over the last few weeks, how to increase passion in your life, no matter your age. We've talked about various parts of it, and I think it fits um, for to follow a discussion about finding the right, the in, intimate partner in your life and how to do that. So um, it all kind of fits together. And last week, um, I on 9/11, I was talking about self-compassion, and as one of the um, important starting points for living a passionate life, which kind of fits with what Roy was saying that we ha- we have to embrace what we see in ourselves, even if they're obstacles to um, moving forward. Um, with passion, let's take it from that standpoint. If we have obstacles within us that keep us from moving forward, that we're scared, um, we don't feel confident, um, we don't have ideas about what to do to create more passion in our lives, we feel like we don't have talents or gifts, we need to look at those issues with self-compassion, not put ourselves down. These are normal feelings that people run into in life. Um, and then look at ways to change it, to move forward. And so having self-compassion and having a practice of self-compassion, as I spoke about last week, um, that's a really powerful way of being able to overcome those obstacles. That's that's one way of overcoming obstacles. Um, when we're feeling stressed out or down or out of sorts, to just ask ourselves, as I mentioned last week, um, what do I need right now? And Dr. Kristen Neff, whose research is in self-compassion, talks about um, talking to ourselves as we would our own best friend rather than berating ourselves, which most humans have a tendency to do. And also making time to just stop throughout the day and taking a breath. So that's um, 
what we were discussing last week and I, I wanna I wanted to mention it again this evening because it's important for the next part, which is stirring up our passion and getting excited about life. The other issue that I brought up last week was taking time every day to um, relax, spend time in nature, listen to relaxing music, gardening, drawing, painting, just being, and meditating. And the reason that I that I gave last week, the reasons that I gave last week were that they help to reduce the stress hormones in our body. They um, Doing these things help to increase the positive, um, the chemicals that re- that enhance our mood and help our sleep. So serotonin in the brain and the endorphins, which decrease pain by doing relaxation techniques, breathing, walking in nature. But the other part of it that applies for this talk about stirring things up and finding our creativity, connecting to a feeling of inspiration and passion is that when we take time to relax every day um, and slow down our thinking, our thinking mind, that's when we can hear our heart speaking to us. That's when we can listen to the whispers of our soul as Rabbi Naomi Levy puts it, the brain, the things that we tell ourselves, the thoughts that we're having all day long, that self-talk, is, is kind of loud. And it, it overshadows, it, it, um, it drowns out the whisper of our heart's desires very often. And so when we can quiet ourselves down, that's when we can start to notice the whisper, and we can listen to it. We can pay attention to it. And that's where our joy and our feeling of inspiration and enthusiasm and creativity comes from. That's where the passion comes from. Have you ever been engaged in an activity that you really, really loved and you loved it so much that you lost yourself in the activity and you and you lost your sense of time that you just you had no idea what time it was you just joyful and almost transported to a different place because of this thing that you're doing this activity um this is called being in the flow and when you're in the flow it shuts out Um, It shuts down negative self-talk, it increases creativity, and it leads to greater fulfillment of purpose and meaning and hope. So being in the flow is a really positive thing. So if you have an activity that you find helps you to get into that flow state, do it. That's a really wonderful way of connecting to your creativity and your joy. Another way of connecting to your creativity and joy and feeling inspired and enthusiastic and purposeful is by connecting with other people who are doing the same thing. 
So joining a group of like-minded people helps to increase your own hopefulness, your inner peace, your experiences of laughter and joy. And it doesn't matter if they're doing the same thing that you're doing. Let's say you enjoy painting and they enjoy singing. That doesn't matter. What matters is that you're all on the same page in terms of moving forward um, with your creativity and connecting to others who are positive and supportive, no matter the topic of discussion, helps to lead to greater joy, energy, and health, which is all really important if you want to live a passionate life. So if you don't have a group to join, um, but you ha- but you you have a friend who's on the same path or on a path of creativity or enthusiasm and passion, it doesn't mean that they're doing, as I said, they don't have to be doing the same thing that you're doing, but they are like-minded in wanting to have a passionate life, then team up with them. Talk to them on the phone, meet for coffee, keep each other accountable and help to keep each other on the path of hopefulness. Another way of finding like-minded people is by joining some online groups or there are in-person groups that are starting to get together now. Um, There are meet-up groups online. There are a lot of... um, um, resources on the internet to find people local to you who are interested in the same things or interested in um, just the idea of finding your passion. And you can also find a lot of online groups um, where you can just meet through the internet on Zoom. Another important way of opening up that creativity is through laughter. And I've talked about this before. Um, Find a way to laugh daily. Um, Humor immediately produces feelings of joy, hope, confidence, inner peace, and social connection. When you're laughing with other people, of course, that's social connection. And it reduces stress and helps to attain an optimistic perspective of your own life. So laughter every day is an excellent exercise to keep you on the path of passion. Also, um, move. There are many health benefits by moving, and we've, I've discussed this in the past. If we move our bodies, we, um, you know, we lower our blood pressure, we decrease um, diabetes, symptoms or even the risk of ha- of um, contracting diabetes, we work on our heart, our stress. But indirectly, health benefits also improve our emotional well-being. So if we are moving and we start to get healthier, we're going to feel happier because of, of the health. Directly, exercise has been shown to improve our mood by increasing the endorphins, um, which are, as I mentioned, the natural mood-elevating chemicals, 
and decreasing the effects of stress. So that's another important uh, part, another important um, piece of increasing our passion in life. And getting out in nature, as I mentioned earlier, is a good way for relaxing and for hearing our our heart talk to us. It also shifts our mood if we're feeling stressed out or we're feeling down. So that's something that is really, really powerful if we can do that every day. And just try. I'm going to... I'm going to end with this last exercise, um, this last tip, and I'll continue the next time we meet. Um, And that is to just try various creative behaviors, even if they're not the things that we think are the passion of our life. Try drawing. Take a drawing class. Try singing. um, Try dancing. When we engage in creative behaviors, it opens the doorway to clearly hear what our heart is telling us. So again, drawing might not turn out to be our passion, but it's a gateway. So try it. And next time we'll talk about a few more tips for opening up our creativity and our passion. So right now, we're going to go to Ruben in Bay of Bandettas, and he and Minerva recently took a trip.
for listeners who hadn't heard before, we're doing something different. Uh, Ruben and Minerva just visited Germany for a month, and last week we talked to Minerva about the trip, and today we're talking to Ruben about the trip. So welcome home, Ruben. Thank you so much. Um, how does it feel to be back in Mexico from Germany? Uh, I feel good. Yeah, you it was like It was like so much, like one month in Germany, but I liked it too. You liked it. So what did yeah, you like? Yeah, because I visited. Go on. I visited my family, and yeah, I was. it was beautiful to be with them. What did you like the most about Germany? Um, I think the the climate because it was like more cold and yeah, it was like all the towns and the city was like everything so clean. But yeah, that's the most thing that I like. Yeah, yeah. Did it snow while you were there? Sorry. Did did you see snow while you were there? No. 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 Nadia, were you up in the mountains at all? Yes. In Stuttgart, it was a lot of mountain, but it was cool. It was cool. How about the food? Uh, I mean the food of Mexico, like more food of Mexico, but... Oh, yeah. Um, they're, like, they eat so much, like, bread and cheese. Uh-huh. But I, I miss the tacos and chilaquiles. <laughs> it's different. It's different. Yeah, it is. And no surfing over there. No. <laughs> uh, I was walking a lot. Walking and walking. Mm. Yes. I miss the beach, the waves. And you got to spend time with your dad while you were there. Yes. We go to the north, to Oldenburg, and he lives there, and we spend, like, one week with him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. I like it. Yeah, that was that was a good time. Yes. Okay, well, welcome back. I bet you missed the rooster. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> so much. Does that rooster wake you up? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time. Adios. Till next time. Till next time, adios. All right. Okay, so now let's tell you what's happening the next couple of weeks. Um, next week, September 25th, we will be off. It's Rosh Hashanah, and I want to wish all who celebrate a happy Jewish New Year. And then on Sunday, October the 2nd, Dr. Zakia Gates, social justice professor of education, will be back to join us when we have our next live show on the October on the October 2nd. And we'll have more on that date to be announced. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and get the website links from that we discussed on this evening's program, 
or listen to previous programs, go to my website, drmaricarpel.com. And you can also listen to this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And it'll also be on Apple Podcasts in five minutes. This show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, <clears throat> and sponsored by amightygoodtime.com. And thank you to my guests. Roy Biancolana, Ruben in Bay of Bandadas, and thank you so much for art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night, an inspiring couple of weeks. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Comes a time when you're all alone Comes a time, gotta write that song May not make any sense at all But it's up to you to keep a smile on your face Now I've been young mostly every day Just like you, don't you ever change Cause this world's getting pretty old And it's up to you Keep a smile on your face, butterflies down, butterflies down, butterflies down. Now don't forget who wrote you this song, cause there'll be times you'll feel all alone in this world. So Greg, don't forget this song. Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show.